And it's Encounter the God Time here on The Breakfast Show. Well, it is time for us to get into our Bible study, and today we are looking at Exodus chapter 16. So for those of you who are not driving right now, turn over to Exodus chapter 16, and you will uh, head know where we're heading to. Okay, so I've got to look at some text messages here as well, so we've had some good text messages coming through. Talking about mushrooms. Yes. Let's not talk about mushrooms. Uh, no, actually, somebody <laughs> wants to talk about mushrooms. Okay. Saying that it's bad or good? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I'm going to say lots of bad things about mushrooms, but no, that's okay. <laughs> All right, so talking about mushrooms, mushroom bricks, imagine if man can discover and invent such things. How about the antediluvian world? Oh, yeah. 100% brain power, a lifespan of nearly or possibly more than a thousand years. We only have some of the mm. you know, some of the leading patriarchs that are actually recorded in the Bible. We don't know how long they actually lived for. The longest lived one that is recorded was uh, Methuselah at what was it, nine hundred and something thirty I can't remember now off the top of my head. Sixty nine, I think. Look, that's a pretty solid years. amount of yeah, time. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of years. But imagine how much uh, imagine how much they could learn in that amount of time and what inventions they must have had. Mm. Oh, fully, right? We often think of these guys like, oh, you know, they lived back in the time before the the flood and they were super primitive and they built an ark out of wood. No, they would have been incredibly advanced. Well, you just look at people who, you know, have worked a trade or whatever that they've had for like 50 years, their skill is incredible. And their knowledge of that trade. Yeah, yeah. And that's 50 years. That's 50 years. Let alone yeah. hundreds of years. Go, go a thousand years on that yeah. and see what you can see what you can master and discover. Oh. And, and imagine having the brain capacity. Mm. I mean, you talk about the antediluvians. If you look at the uh, fossil record, you find that the further you go back in history, the bigger everything gets. Mm. So, for instance, here in Australia, you can go down to the Sydney Museum. You're going to find that uh, we used to have kangaroos that were like twice the size of our big reds. We had wombats that were like the size of a hippopotamus. We had crocodiles that were, uh, what were they, like 60 feet long? Oh, no, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Wombat's cool, crocodiles, no. (laughs) um, You know, we had snails that were 300 millimetres long. We had dragonflies a metre across the wingspan. You know, everything was bigger. Yeah, yeah. So if you scale a human being up. Yeah, also bigger. So rather than being six foot, foot tall, they're now, say, 14, 15 feet tall, something like that. I don't know why I'm crossing backwards and forwards between metric and No, but love it. Love that you're confident in it. (laughs) Working. What's the difference then? I'm just going to side note real quick. So we know that there were giants because in Genesis it clearly says. Yeah, the Bible says that. So what's the difference between just the standard human and the giants? How how giants were the giants? Yeah, we don't actually. The the Bible doesn't actually say how giant the giants were. But if we scale, uh, scale it up on the basis of you know, everything else that we know about the ancient world, mm. that gives us a rough idea that we can scale up the human body on to see what size it would have been. And, yeah, rather than six feet tall, it would have been about, you know, we would have been at 14, 15 feet thereabouts at least. Oy. Now, imagine the size <laughs> if you were that tall because you're going to be proportional, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine the size of your head. Mm-hmm. Imagine the size of the brain that you can put inside a head that big. Oh, yeah. Okay, and imagine the computing power of a brain. A brain like that's that. working well too. A brain that is one step from perfection that hasn't been degraded by six thousand years of sin. Mm, 
Yeah. Yeah, these were not primitive people. And isn't it interesting, hey, because we do, we go, oh, we've advanced so much. I'm like, yeah, you know, for sure there are things that we... we have. Yeah, we have, but also not in some of the ways I think we think we have. Okay, but think of what has created the advancement that has brought to our world. It has mm. been information technology. Mm. Okay, so information technology is basically technology designed to counteract the effects of sin on the human brain. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Because the effects of sin on the human brain is it's not able to calculate as fast, it's not able to work as fast, it, mm. it has, lot, has to deal with loss of memory, all that kind of stuff. And so we counteract that with information technology, uh, beginning with the printing press and then, of course, accelerating through to where we are right now uh, by writing things down and then disseminating that information to other people so that other people can learn that information. And uh, the further we've gone on since the invention of the printing press, the easier it has become to disseminate that information, the more information that has become available. Mm. And so in a very short space of time, we've been able to learn a lot. Imagine if you didn't need information technology. Imagine if you could just store it all in your brain and recall it whenever you needed to. You know what? I can't even imagine that. Do you know how many times I forget where my keys are? A day? (laughs) (laughs) A day. (laughs) I just Uh, can't even imagine what it's like to have memory like that. (laughs) There's little things you can get. You can put on your little key ring things you can get that you can actually call with your phone. Yeah, but see, I lose my phone too. Well, my phone dies. But you can call your phone with your keys. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yes, you push the button on your keys and it calls your phone. Oh, that's amazing. So how much is it though? Yeah, it's a bit of money and the batteries yeah. go flat. Oh. And uh, and they don't have a thing on the back where you can replace the batteries because oh, they want you to buy new ones. That's a stitch-up. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just like I, I did have them for a couple of years until the batteries went flat and then I was like. Not again. Yeah, this is a stupid mm. idea. This is just like marketing. <laughs> well, it did the job though, didn't it? Because you bought it one. It did, indeed. All right, so um, how do we get on to that? Oh, we're talking about giants. No That's right. We're talking about giants. We had another text message come through. Let me go. We're here. talking about mushrooms, actually. Oh, mushrooms. And we're talking about the brain. The, the, power. the crazy, crazy things Inventions. that people. In, how does your brain even work to say, I'm going to make bricks out of mushrooms and build a house? How do you start exploring that idea? What kind of a person? <laughs> it's just like if you came to me and said, I'm going to make bricks out of, and spouted out something really hard and rock like, I would be like, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Uh huh. Probably been done before. Uh-huh. Mushrooms? Mm-hmm. Soft, spongy, gooey. Ugh. <laughs> oh, cracker. Vile pieces of. You know what? I heard a fungus. quote the other day, though, and I just found it really interesting. I can't remember exactly, but it was something along the lines of that critics are the true optimists or the true opportunists or something like that. Now, obviously, it depends in the way that you're being critical, but because the critic who looks at something and goes, we could make this better. They're very critical of what the place is and they go, let's find a way to explore all the other possibilities. Well, I'm a mushroom critic. I'm critical of all mushrooms. You're you're something. (laughs) (laughs) And I have never made anything about mushrooms (laughs) because I just like to get rid of these things, banish them from the planet. Sad times, Lyle, sad times. Uh, Do we have any other messages? Yes. Nice. If this Victorian regulation goes through, we are one step closer to the return to... To the Lord Jesus return, for only He can save us. And this mm. is this is the good news. You know, this is the simple reality. Is the Bible says that the nearer, nearer we get to the end of time, the more uh, persecution there will come against 
uh, Christians and people of faith, and that's exactly what we are seeing taking place in Victoria. And um, if the world goes on long enough, of course, this will be looked back at, you know, as the worst period in in kind of history for, you know, people that are struggling with gender dysphoria and so forth. But, well, that's where our world is at the moment. And their choice has just been stripped away from them. So that's what we've got to deal with. Mm. All right. Exodus chapter 16 is where we're going to for our Bible study today. Let's turn and over And what there. did we decide our topic was today? What is our topic today? Well, we don't get to decide. No. Well, 20 million movement. 20 million people are all studying oh, the same. So we're studying whatever. But if people want to know, yes. if they don't have it in front of them, we have it in front of us. That's right. So we know what the topic is. Exodus 16 is the topic. Okay. Well, I think we're going to be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. So we're kind of picking up from where we left off yesterday. And let's, read, let's start in verse 14. 14. Okay. I'm just going to say a prayer before we read. Um, Lord God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to open your word together. Um, whoever is listening, I just thank you that um, yeah, you're a God who wants to be known by us and that we have this access to, to the Bible. Um, God opens our hearts and minds. Um, just give us your spirit to understand what we need to of who you are and show us something of ourselves as well. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Amen. So chapter 16, verse 14, eh? So we That's the saying? one. Okay. That's the one right there. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance... I've lost my center. I feel like it's. We need to back up. We do. We need some context. We need some context. Okay. Where does it start? Where does this? Where does this section start? Mm. Ooh, let's see. Ten. Yes. As Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out towards the wilderness. There, they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, "I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them: in the evening, you will have meat to eat." And in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp, and the next morning the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? they asked each other. They had no idea what it was. Where am I reading to? Yeah, wherever. Okay. And Moses told them it is the food to eat. Uh, it is the food that the Lord has given you to eat. Okay, let's just stop there for a moment. So whereabouts are they living at this particular time? Well, they're in the wilderness. The Sinai Desert. If anybody's been to the Sinai Desert, it is real desert. Just nothing? It's not like arid lands. It's desert. Sand and rocks and no living thing whatsoever at all. So you can imagine how these people would be feeling because here you've got Moses and he's come along as a great leader and they don't know this guy mm. because he's been gone from Egypt for like forty years mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, you know, I've come to uh, to give the you know God has told us to it's time to go back to the promised land, yeah. more or less." And they're like, "Well, who is this guy? Well, let's see what he can do." So he does some miracles, and they're like, "Okay, that's pretty impressive, <laughs> interesting." And then he goes and sees Pharaoh, and all these plagues start to come. Well, the first three plagues actually landed on the Israelites as well as the Egyptians. Yeah, bit of a wake up call to the Israelites. Like, okay, you've been serving all these Egyptian gods; they're pretty useless. Mm-hmm. You know, you worship the River Nile. Well, it just turned into blood because I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's a bit of a wake up there for the Israelites, and then the plagues. There's ten of them in total, seven of them exclusively on the Egyptians. Each time the Egyptians rebel against God and try and refuse to acknowledge the existence of God, there is um, you know another plague that comes along until the Egyptians are convinced. Okay, you guys need to leave. 
Yeah, they're kind of begging Pharaoh to let yes. yeah, them go. And eventually Pharaoh begs them. To, Pharaoh's stubborn and he, he chases them down. He loses his army and he loses his life in the Red Sea. When they cross over the Red Sea, the Israelites are now free. Mm. And so Moses has led them and the cloud, God in the cloud, has led them south into Upper Egypt across the Red Sea. They've seen a number of miracles along the way and they've been led into the Sinai Desert. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a problem Hmm? because you've got, what, 1, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3 million people that have been carrying, you know, enough food with them to kind of get to Palestine, but they have gone a very circuitous route. They haven't gone straight to Palestine and now their food has run out. And when you've got that many people and they are that far from civilization, they are all as an entire nation about to starve to death. They are about to face starvation. That food's going to run out real fast. Mm. Uh, one of the one of the one of the biggest parts of any military conquest is logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and logistics. There are so many battles and so many wars that have been won purely on logistics and nothing else. Mm. Yeah, fully. Uh, and they have no logistics, none whatsoever at all. Logistics is all, all about how you supply provisions to your troops. And in this case, well, it's not troops, it's just a, an entire nation. So they've got no logistics. They're out in the desert. They have reached that point where there's actually no food left. Mm-hmm. And so they, you can imagine, I can actually, you know, we say, oh, they're so lacking in faith because they should have just trusted in God. Why did they go to Moses and Aaron and complain about the fact that Moses and Aaron had brought them out into the desert? You know, they've got the cloud right there. But I can kind of sympathize a little bit. Oh, on a human level, for sure. You know, if I was there at that particular time and my family was facing imminent starvation and I looked at the amount of food that I had left mm-hmm. and gone like, okay, we've got a day's food left, but we're like a week's walk through the desert Mm. from anywhere where we can even purchase food, Mm. I'd be like, we don't actually have the provisions that we need to survive this. We're going to die. We are literally going to die here. And certainly the cloud was there. You should trust the cloud. I get that. But from a human perspective, Mm. I can see where these guys were coming from. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Often, like, yeah, it's easy to look at, as you said, and go, they should trust that per- like they should trust God because He's led them before. And yeah, like yeah, but okay. In my life, do I play that out? Like, if I have seen God move in a certain area, does that mean every single time I'm like, oh yeah, of course I know? Nah, this human heart of mind is like, yes, but, but that's right. This is the circumstance I'm in now. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we We've haven't been, been in there. this circumstance now. You know, this is a new thing for them. We read this as a story. They were living it. Yes, it's flat on the page for us to read. Oh yeah, they did the thing, and we know God saves them, and this happened. When you don't have the spoilers of your own life, like kind of ending of the circumstance, it can be hard. Very challenging to trust God at times. And it's those times when we do go through those kinds of experiences and we have nothing Mm. left. Yeah. That we really, really have the most amazing spiritual experiences and we really, really learn to trust in God. You know, when all other um, avenues are exhausted, that's when we really trust in God. So here's here's um, here's, some, here's some things to uh, some some things to think about because 
you know, has there been a time in your life, when you think about this as a listener, has there been a time in, in your life where all other avenues have vanished and you have been relying entirely on God? You know, um, if there has, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call or shoot us a text message, 1-800-324-843. A time when you have, when, when there's been no human help available mm. and your trust is 100% on God and God has come through. Um, we'd love to hear those stories because those are the most amazing stories and very, very precious stories indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is the situation that God has brought them into because, once again, he wants to uh, reveal his power. He wants to show them uh, who he is and he wants to educate them in relationship to himself. These are people who know very little about God. Mm. They know lots about Ra. They know lots about Horus. They know lots about Seb. They know lots about Isis. Mm. These are all Egyptian gods but they don't know much about Yahweh. Yeah. And so he's introducing himself one step at a time. And so he brings them to the point where it's like, yeah, you guys are going to die eh, day after tomorrow. And they're like, oh, we're going to die. And they go to Moses and Aaron and Moses and Aaron go to God and God's like, okay, I'm going to, I've got you. I've, I've, I've got you. Yeah. This, is, this is good. So he provides quail. Uh, so they have an evening meal of quail. And then he provides them with, this new thing in the morning. Mm. Where did we get up to? I finished reading just before verse 16. Shall I keep going? Yeah, why not? Okay, so these, so it's just saying that, yeah, they've. they. Read verse 15 again. Okay, yeah, let's do that. So the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some gathered a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. <laughs> Some lessons coming so through here, good. isn't there? Yeah. Those- uh, and you see, and you see it happening here because. And, and what's fascinating with this is because uh, we go on to find out that this food is called manna. Yeah. If you left it on the ground, it evaporates. Gather it up and put it in your tent, and it doesn't. Mm. Um, if you get greedy and try and you know gather up heaps of it, then you don't really have any left over. Mm. You know, and guys like guys, don't be greedy, don't panic. <laughs> I'm going to be here for you every day. Uh-huh. You know, you don't have to go out and harvest the fields like you normally would and store it aside for the rest of the year because this is actually going to be a daily occurrence. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And of course, this evening we have uh, the other thing that's happening is uh, here's the one starting seven thirty oh, this evening. So uh, jump on there and uh, check that out at seven uh, at the end dot digital. So our latest instalment of the end dot digital. Make sure you're there. Is it only this week? It's three only nights this week. This three week? nights yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. Only this week. Yeah. It's a three night Christmas special. Nice. Yes. All right, let's get back to our Bible study and the verses that we're reading. Let's continue reading this story. So basically we've got what we've got taking place here is we have this um, situation where God is providing food for the Israelites. Mm. In the wilderness there is no food. If you drive through that area, there is literally nothing they could eat and you could see very quickly that they'll be like, why are we here? <laughs> yeah. Why has Moses brought us here? Why has God brought us here? Mm. 
How are we going to find any kind of supplies in this area? You can't buy anything. You can't grow anything. You can't catch anything. There's no animals. There's nothing. Mm. What are we doing here? Guys, like, it's fine. It's cool. I'll give you manna. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to work for it. It's just going to arrive every morning. Yeah. All right, let's keep reading. Okay, so... Verse 18 is where we got up Verse 18, to. yeah, okay. So when they had measured out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. Those who gathered only little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know, um, okay, so to be honest... I'd probably be tempted to experiment fully. You'd only do you don't you would only do this once mm. because you know it would be disgusting. Oh, but you'd be fully. kind of tempted, like really, Moses said this. You know, maybe we'll just see what happens. You know, maybe we can start storing this up, and maybe we can build a huge mound of it mm-hmm. in our tent somewhere, just in case, just, just in case God doesn't come through for us one day. Isn't this interesting? This is such a human thing, right? Uh-huh. God has done this. But just in case he doesn't do something, which we have already seen him do, we better we better look after it ourselves. Just in case. Very very um, typical of human nature there. Indeed, we've got a message that's come through from somebody uh, because we we we're, we're looking for stories of where you've had to rely entirely on God. And uh, this person said, for those who experience depression, they may know that when in a depressive state, the mind doesn't process logic mm. and is unable to see a living future. God performs miracles so often on my life, being there with his lost child. Yeah, and so well. this is somebody who depends on God on a daily basis mm. uh, because of uh, what they're dealing with in a, from an emotional perspective. And, you know, people dealing with depression and so forth. I mean, these guys are my heroes because... This is a this is a disease that they have to fight every single day, and um, to see somebody fighting it with the power of Christ is just amazing. So praise God for that. Mm. And this is such a God of grace, right? Like even in this story and in other stories, we see so often that God continues to show up even when people yeah can't trust Him. Why do you think God didn't preserve the matter? Why didn't you think why don't why do you think that He didn't make it like you know wheat or something like that that you know dries out and lasts forever? Look, I don't know, but what I automatically think of is the verse in Lamentations where it says, um, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's when I, I read when of. I read this message here, I see a connection between the two. Mm. God wants his people to rely on him every day. Mm. And by not, by, by not allowing the manna to last until the next day, God is like, okay, if you're going to eat tomorrow, you've got to rely on me. Mm. If you're going to eat the day after that, you've got to rely on me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to eat the day after that, you know, and so every single day they were relying on God. There was at no point at which they could go to bed at night not relying on God. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something too, well, at least for me on a human level, like there are times when I know that someone is a bit unsure about whether I'm going to be reliable. That's a, now, don't get me wrong, there are certain, certain circumstances of like, no, you have good reason for, you know, wondering if I'll be there on time because I'm often not. But there are times you're like, I want you to see that I can be trusted. So I'm going to do everything in my power that you can see. I'm going to be there. I'm going to rock it. You know, in whatever space that looks like. Now, God is not human, no, but he gives everything he can for us to see, hey, hey, 
today's a new day. You can trust me again. Hey, today you can trust me again. You know, like it's just absolutely. Gotta be like, I want you to know, like I would do everything I can so that you know. Oh, you still haven't got it. That's okay. There's today, <laughs> like. So that we can rely on him. Absolutely. And this is what it's all about. Now, if we continue on through the story, if you could keep reading there for us because it uh, becomes even more interesting because, well, it doesn't uh, – sometimes the manner is preserved. Let's read it. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, so after this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its needs. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the, the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. Verse 24, so they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or, or odour. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Verse 27, some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? Hilarious, isn't it? Keep going. Um, They must realise that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. I love that. Yes. Um, uh, Lost brows, just reading. This is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. See, ever wondered where the weekend came from? Right here. God invented the weekend right there. He gave us a day off once a week and he worked, I, I figured this out, he worked 6,240 miracles to show which day is the Sabbath day. Wow. Because they did this for 40 years. Yeah. And happened every weekend. Wow. And there's three miracles. That's amazing. Extra manner, manner that doesn't uh, rot, followed by manner again. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so what's our? It's now time for. I gotta get it right now. Question of the day. See, this is what happens when you get too much um, flattery in the morning. <laughs> turns, turns my mind to mush. Okay, so I believe our question is: Will or can? Will God forgive Satan? Will God forgive Satan? No. Okay, nice and clear. Yep. Do you want to expand on that? How can we know? We've answered the question. We can move, we on, move on with the show. Yes. Let's talk to Josie instead. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's expand on this a little bit. The Bible does say that there is a sin that cannot be forgiven. Um, and this is a sin that Satan has c- committed, and so therefore we know that Satan will not be forgiven. Uh, the Bible describes it in, let me just turn over there. Oh, where are we? Matthew chapter 12, verse uh, 31, it says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. So the sin that cannot be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, what does that actually mean? Does that mean just saying bad words about the Holy Spirit or using the Holy Spirit as a curse word or something like that? That's not what actually what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. To understand blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, you have to understand the work and the function of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at three verses very quickly 
that describe the work and function of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says, But the Holy Spirit, which is, uh, which whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance where whatsoever I have said to you. So the first function of the Holy Spirit is to teach us what the truth is. Mm. So now we know what it is. He's a teacher. He teaches us what the truth is. Second function is found in uh, chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. So here's the second function. He First he teaches you what the truth is, and then he guides you. And so the Christian journey is kind of like in some places it's described as walking along a path. It's a journey. It's a path. Mm. And it's a little bit like walking along the path. You're following Jesus Christ. He is the light in front of you, but if you take your eyes off him, you get surrounded by darkness, and you are then in danger of falling off the path. Now, the path, you can imagine like a cliff on either side. So it's just a path. You don't want to fall off either side. And so that's when the Holy Spirit comes and is like, oh, steady, 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 don't go there, and and guides you along so that you don't fall off the path. So that's the second function of the Holy Spirit. Teaches you where the path is and what the path is, what the truth is. Guides you as you live that truth. And then the Bible says, uh, third function, uh, verse 7 and 8, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I do not go away, the comfort of the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And so this is the third function, and that is that the Holy Spirit is there to reprove you and tell you you are a sinner in need of a saviour. And so he tells you what the truth is. That's good. Now you're on the path. He guides you so that you don't fall off the path. And then when you do fall off the path, he comes and says, hey, you're off the path. You need to get back on the path. This is the voice of your conscience. Hmm. Now, if you don't have a conscience, in other words, if the Holy Spirit has stopped speaking to you, You've blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. You have no connection between you and God. And it is only because your conscience tells you to ask for forgiveness that you ask for forgiveness. Is there nothing to tell you to ask for forgiveness? You never will. You've committed the unpardonable sin, and that's what Satan has done. He will never be forgiven. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, we're at the end of the show, but we have Leah with us. Leah, tell us about the end. It's uh, our... Third? Uh, yes. Third end for the year? Yeah, third series. It's called He Is The One. Right in time for Christmas when everyone's, you know, thinking about baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a series on the evidence that we have that he is indeed the Son of God. Awesome. So how can people access this? It's tonight. Yep, first night is yes, tonight. Yes, tonight it's airing at 7.30 p.m. You can find it on three platforms, the end.digital website, the end.digital Facebook page, and the end.digital YouTube channel. Awesome. So this is something that Lyle has been a part of. This is Lyle Sharissa again yes. and well, Justin. Yes. So um, yeah, Sharissa's tonight and Lyle is tomorrow night and then Justin is on Wednesday night. Fantastic. All right. So you guys get on board that. It's going to be awesome.